Welcome to Locker Room Talk with Gabby and Jen. <laughs> you got a shoulder shimmy. We, we both got a little a little shoulder shimmy. Ew. I just want everyone to know that I genuinely had to stop and think about what the intro is. What is our podcast even called? Yep. Who are we? we Who both, am I? We both pause. Wait, what do we say to start? Where are we? What's happening? Can you tell it's been a while since we recorded? I know. It's it been a been minute. A hot minute. Yep. Thanks for dealing with our um, intermission. What would you call that? Intermission. Uh, yeah, it's a holiday. A bye week. I was gonna say, yeah, In yeah. It's almost football. like we were taking time off. <laughs> it's almost like we were taking time off for a vacation, but we weren't. We were just so slammed with work. But it was a holiday week. So it was. Yeah, yeah. I took we're the Friday off. But... End of Labor Day weekend, or not end of Labor Day weekend. The Friday after Labor Day, I should say. Yeah, which is I don't my know first weekend. We don't know what day it is. No, it's my first non-summer Friday, and that Ooh. hurts. That hits. Oh, wait, what do you have, like, half day? I have a lot of, like, I feel like friends and clients that have had, is it a half day, or is it just? Yeah, it's a half day. Five. So what happens is we add an hour during the week to the days, and then Friday, it's four hours. That's so a, That's, like, a fake, you add an hour during just one hour? Yeah, so it's, like, you add, so it adds up to four hours during the week. Okay. Yeah, so it's not really you don't work any less. You just work less yeah, that on the Friday. Not fair. <laughs> You're I like, mean, they're not giving you anything better, really. They're just making you work the same amount. Yeah, but at least Friday, there's no expectation to work past yeah. noon. Whereas, like, there are other people whose yeah. summer Fridays would be at one or two. They'd work at like they, but they're on until then. Yeah, and then they have to take a full day of PTO if they take off on a Friday. Whereas, like, if I take off PTO on a Friday, I only take four hours. Mm. so you can take off like in theory you could take off Fridays sporadically over the summer and not actually use as much PTO plus like honestly an hour on at the end of the day I don't even I truly you even notice don't even it. notice yeah, yeah. I feel so, like America should just give everyone regardless of your profession a half day on Friday just to have no yeah. strings attached don't make me work harder for this or in a different way just give it to me well, during the pandemic, I try to give myself half day Fridays. You should. <laughs> I can't. Well, during the pandemic, we were allowed to stay on the summer hour schedule through the whole year. Yep. So we had summer Fridays from May 2020, like Memorial Day weekend, May 2020 through Labor Day weekend of 2021. So I went a full year with the schedule and then Labor Day mm-hmm. ended, and then they were like, we're back to normal hours. And I was like, I'm like- going to kill myself. <laughs> okay, cool. Um. So, yeah, I mean, for us, like, the whole thought is we, because I work in fundraising, we work with donors, and we, like, have people, like, at the hospital that don't work on the same timeline as we do, so it can make it a little bit more challenging. I'm, like, just be an adult. Like, if you have a donor meeting, just stay on to meet with them and adjust your schedule otherwise. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I just, you know, but some of those things, like, they formalize everything. I know. And it's, like, I think it goes without saying, but I don't think, I don't think I don't, yeah, I know. I always... I usually structure, and this is throughout the year, I usually work like 6.30 till like 2 is when I take clients and classes on Fridays. But then I feel like because I'm back to back, I always say like, I'm going to be done early on Fridays. And then I usually don't end up finishing up until like 4-ish. So I'm like, okay, well, it's just a a full day at the end of the day, which is why I didn't get to go to the pool at all this summer. I was very sad, but I was, you know, it was shitty weather the whole summer. So I really didn't miss that much. Until this last week. I'm like, I know. are you fucking for real? I'm stuck inside while it's 94 degree weather. I mean, I think yeah. I would have died at the beach, but right. still, I wanted to be yeah. there. I wanted to tempt my fate. How was your um, 
speaking of the beach, how was Labor Day weekend? Oh, you were at the lake. It was good. Yeah, we went up to um, my friend Deb's lake house, and that was nice. It was pretty low-key. Like, we um, just chilled and relaxed on Friday and Saturday, and then Saturday we went to um, Rainier Meredith in New Hampshire, which has a couple of restaurants that we like that's on Lake Winnipesaukee. So we went there for dinner and drinks. And then Sunday we had, um, every year we do a themed Labor Day party. I got oh, the idea yes. from Summer House, actually, a couple yes. of years ago. Uh, Summer House. Wait, have you heard the tea? Oh, of course. There? Oh, we'll, we'll have to discuss yes. okay, that. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> uh, so for those that don't know, season three of Summer House, they have, well, so they always throw themed parties. But season three, the end of summer party was a funeral for summer. And I was like, yes. that's so funny. We can all wear black. We should do that. So we did that the first year, funeral for summer. Then the next year we did dress that. as a U.S. state, which required some creativity on my part. I bet. Then we did Love Island, which was a fucking blast. Um, I'm impartial because I just love Love Island. Last year we did, oh, Rave theme. So that was pretty last minute. And then this year we did Barbie versus Oppenheimer. <laughs> that was, I feel like you guys really commit to it, which is what you need. If you're going to do a theme, you have to go all out. Otherwise like what's happening you're just dressed in regular fun attire yeah but exactly it looks legit yeah looks a good like- opportunity to wear pink which I don't I don't mind yeah. um get a little creative but yeah um so summer house for those mm. that are in the know or not in the know it's coming out in what two weeks now no it doesn't come out until the winter you're right they stopped filming <laughs> you know what I'm I was just thinking of um southern charm oh That's yeah yeah out. like mm-hmm. Yep, sorry. Right. So Summer House, they filmed through end of summer or like Labor Day. But apparently, so one right. of two of the cast members, Carl and Lindsay, started out as friends and then had a brief little hookup situation two seasons ago. And then last year, it I guess now it would be two summers ago, technically, from right. a filming perspective, um, started dating, got together very shortly after, got engaged. Or very shortly after, I think all things considered, but they're both in their later 30s. So, you know, Mm. it is. Yeah, Carl's like 40, I feel like at this point. He very well might be. Kyle is definitely 40. Yeah, yeah. Wait, but what what are your feelings on Lindsay? Because people have very split feelings on her. So we haven't talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Lindsay. And the reason why... I knew we loved each other. (laughs) I love love Lindsay, too. Most people don't. Most people truly do not. Yeah, most people don't. And for me, one of the reasons I always say is, like, she is so unapologetically herself, this, like, big, loud personality. I am a tough bitch. I know I'm good at what I do. I'm here. I'm Mm -hmm. not afraid to have my feelings. And I find that to be one, so refreshing. People find it abrasive, but as someone with a big personality, to me, it's like, I know it's cool to see someone that embraces that part of themselves and then is on TV and, you know, and doesn't try like. And I think she is a very good friend to the people that are good to her, but she's surrounded by, I mean, I used to be a really big Paige fan. Mm -hmm. I like, I go, I'm, she's a little hot and cold with me right now. I think she's hysterical though. Um, so I think like she's in kind of a house of mean girls right now. And my whole thing was, it was not this past season, but the season before, right after she had had the miscarriage and all of the girls were like basically giving her shit for just like flooding it up. I'm like, girl, live your best life. Like have all the fun you want. Like she was 
Like that whole dynamic, I thought it was, was handled disgusting. So disgust. It was disgusting. And even the way it was handled on that reunion was ridiculous. I'm like, how are we in the minority believing that this woman is like just living her best life and she's also, anything like a victim? They're, not, they're not good friends with her. It would be different if right. Danielle was like, hey, Danielle is one of her best friends. Like, hey, I am concerned because you're practicing not safe sex, or I can tell that right. you're upset because of your casual hookups or right. and she's not energy or blah, blah. Yeah. right like that yeah. and if it came from someone like Danielle that would be different but it came from people who are admittedly not her friends that mm-hmm. out loud and proud say that they don't like her that they don't support her that they can't see yeah. her and then you're gonna sit here and like uh, in in <laughs> as this girl says on TikTok mm-hmm. in the year of the Barbie movie um in the slut shame, yeah. shame are you so fucking yeah. for real so I know. yeah, this was that, before the Barbie movie though. So maybe they're yes, just behind. Yeah, they're, they're behind <laughs> in the times. That's like, yeah. like with Paige, I, I definitely liked her to, in the beginning, but she stirs shit up and yes, you're on reality oh, TV, yeah. but she is a stir, but then she will not do her bidding herself. She always mm-hmm. said like Sierra is doing her stuff for her. Like Hannah's doing her stuff for her. She just in people's ears. Yeah, she's smart. She is. She, she plays is, a sly she game. Is smart and she's calculated. I'm watching Big Brother, yeah. so I'm I'm thinking like social strategy. Ugh, I need to watch. I was just talking about that with um my girlfriends over the weekend, and like they're all talking about Big Brother. And I ha- used to watch. That was like one of the first, not one of the first reality TV shows, but it's been on forever. And it sounds like I need to dive back in. But that's just my other thing with reality TV nowadays. I could never do reality TV because social media is brutal. It's 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 lost its mind like all of social media it's insane the type of hate these people get and the type of opinions and there's so much of it that i'm just like how are there really people out there that care this much to be so verbally abusive and like awful like that's always social media scares me in that way the entitlement that entitlement feel towards these people i think in order for you to go on those kinds of shows and even to be like an influencer and to be in that kind of space you have to have not just thick skin but you have to genuinely be so confident in who you Mm -hmm. are and content and not caring about other people's opinions because I genuinely can't imagine being in that situation and feeling yeah, nope. all Would of that eat me well. Um, I remember, so I used to be big into The Bachelor, which we talked about, and um, Ben Higgins, I remember mm-hmm. listening to an interview that he'd done, I think with Nick Vile, by all, um, about how after he did Caitlyn's season and then went on to become The Bachelor, he had was like reading a lot of Reddit threads about him like commentary on him and really like allowing the validation or lack thereof of reddit to influence like how he was feeling about himself and obviously like listen you go from being like the perfect guy on caitlin season to then the bachelor obviously you're going people Mm -hmm. are going to start and disagree with you but i remember hearing that being like yeah i mean how do you stay off of that kind of stuff when you're in the public eye but also then how do you not let it affect you or even this is like a similar example but different um I follow Tia Booth on Instagram who's Mm -hmm. also from The Bachelor and she's a kid not newborn anymore but like not even a year old she's doing wedding planning there's like a ton going on and someone dm'd her the other day and was like girl I love you I've always been following you but like you really have just been doing a lot of ads and like we really just want to see you and it's like so fucking backhanded because if you actually liked her you would you'd be like get your bag get your money girl and Tia was like 
Tatum's been sick. We have been under the weather for fucking weeks. I am doing literally the best I can. I don't even have time to breathe, you know? Mm. I would, and regardless of if you felt that way about how, what she is posting, if she's not posting enough, why would you say anything? Keep your fucking thoughts well, It's also like the fact that people like reach out to like, be you know, any celebrity, whatever, be with celebrities and offer an opinion. Like those people care. But yeah, no, I would not have that type of like, not even thick skin, but you have to be okay with like getting death threats and not having that like totally kill yourself worth like that. I would not have the mental capacity for that. So reality TV is, you know, more, it's funny. I was looking to listening to Nick Vial's podcast and I love that podcast because he was also talking about when he was on the bachelor, that was kind of like the golden age where social media was very new and fun, but there wasn't even like Instagram stories at that point, people were really just kind of capturing moments and it was more of like a positive thing. There wasn't like, you know, cyber bullying was even kind of a new concept at that point. And now it's just completely exploded where there is so much vile shit on social media and the way um, the bullying and just the death threats and hate and how that has just kind of completely spun. And also now you have like bots and like hackers and all of these different things that, we didn't even experience, you know, five plus years ago, 10 years ago. It's just, it's crazy how much like Instagram and social media has evolved and just, yeah, you have to really be okay with all of that. I think coming into a show because you can't avoid it. Yeah. I mean, I think one, what was I, what was I, I just had a different train of thought, but one of the things that I thought of when you said that was um, on Ben season, actually Olivia Creedy was like the girl the blonde hair girl short hair if you watched it yes she was portrayed as the villain on yeah yes, 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 yep. and please can we all just like have some brain cells to like acknowledge that production is a thing yeah. right mm-hmm. that this might not be actually reality and she came off the show and had like a horrible horrible time because to your point that was like when it was starting to rise and this like onslaught yeah. of hate and death threats and and whatever and she has come out and talked about it now and i think now more so people are coming out of reality tv shows and talking about how there needs to be more mental health support when folks are coming out of this thing and like trying mm-hmm. to bring advocacy and awareness to it but it's just it's so crazy because i obviously the the production the tv shows they don't give a shit what happens to you afterwards like you are no. disposable to them in that moment and like so for big right. brother a big thing i think has been or i've heard when they come out of the house after they've been away from the world for you know some people are in there for 80 whatever however many days they come oh out God. and like how to readjust to the real world and so some of them are like honestly we're tra- like we feel trauma bonded in a way where it's like this is an experience that only people we were in that house with can understand, understand. Yep. and there is like there's still like field of specialty in helping people yeah but you there should be there needs to be like a PR crisis team and like a, a mental health crisis team like for real but no reality show it's, it's such a low budget thing to provide like to to post it's not a post to show to create a show that's reality tv driven but it's like there's no support for people that are on that show because it's also like you're not actors you don't really actually have any skills other than like you're just willing to be vulnerable and put your shit out there yeah so you I mean you know the whole thing with like bethany franklin going on right now like i can see both sides of it like what's definitely. going on you know about this Mm-mm. she's um she's kind of creating this like massive lawsuit against bravo but it's really about the fact that 
reality TV is making millions and millions of dollars in Bravo in particular, um, millions of dollars on like the Real Housewives and other reality TV shows. But these people on the shows are not being compensated at all. Mm. And there is a big mental health you know, piece Tax of it. Yeah. yeah. And sure. so the shows are making a ton of money and the people on the shows are not making that money. So her argument is very much so like, I am here, I'm giving you, giving you the show to make it popular basically. And you're not compensating me for it. But I think she's in a unique boat because she came into like Beverly Hills, like real housewives already with a business and already mm. like on the up and coming. Whereas most people that are on reality TV, Benefit they don't really have it. anything else Right. They're benefiting from it. And the trade-off is you don't have any skills coming into this. You're either just rich or you're down to be shit-based on TV or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? You're down to put yourself out there. You're not, you haven't been to acting school. You're not a paid actress or anything like that, but that's the trade-off. You get all this Instagram fame and social media fame, but yeah, people will maybe attack you and come after you. And it's up to you to maintain that fame. That's another big piece, right? We see mm-hmm. that with like the bath or in seasons where you're just on it for one season like love is blind that's happening right now with previous cast members where they're coming after netflix because they're not being compensated and they're now like almost saying netflix didn't treat them right and all of these things so i think if you're going to be on reality tv you have to be strategic about it like this is my you know season long of fame and it's up to you to m- build a business and off monetize of it or sick off and of monetize it. Yeah. Off of it right right but not just by like selling tummy tea like it has to be bigger yeah. than that for you to well, ultimately you can't be, assume you that can. you're gonna go yeah. on reality tv and that that I you're think going do. to be set for life like you're giving yep. up your career to go on a show like that right. and you have to do it because you want to and then to make right. something out of it perhaps but people yep. go on it with like to your point like not a ton of talent and are like i'm yeah. here and now i want to yeah. be rich and like unfortunately you have to either have a really great personality for people to want to continue following exactly. you to see your daily life or you have to have something else that you're invested in whether it's your own business or you know services or whatever right to kind of that, be the backbone of that you then shift people to in terms of revenue yeah for sure yeah you can't expect netflix to i know Right, know, right. Like yeah, pay your bills for the rest crazy. of your life because you decided because you wanted to go on a TV mm-hmm. show and you weren't right. able to convert it. Yeah, so know. that's the issue with like compensation happening right now. It's like these people, like how lucky are you when you think about it? I think about it this way: like how lucky are you to be chosen to be on this show? Mm-hmm. Whether you know, like again, you have no skills coming into this. You're giving an opportunity, like let's say, love is blind, to meet your significant other potentially. You're pay- you they are paid like a minimum wage or whatever yeah, yeah. but and you're you know you're taking care of with like obviously it's not like you're paying like room and board and for food and you get this experience it's kind of like a one in a lifetime experience you gain a ton of brand deals and all of this stuff after the fact but it's your choice if you want to run with that and try mm-hmm. to be successful with it or go back into whatever your traditional job is or change careers at that point but i don't think these you know i think there should be mental health um advocates and I think there should be like all of that should be in place coming out of a show but I don't think that like you are owed more money like I don't think these these people on these reality tv shows should be be, being paid like millions of dollars in my opinion because then you're getting into like what are they actually being compensated right right and it's like like, also if you're coming on for love then you're coming on for love or if you're coming on for money you're coming on for money and it's not supposed to be for money it's supposed to be for love otherwise it's the show right exactly well and to Bethany's point or kind of a counter argument is like 
yeah, she's giving up her life and emotional distress to be on the show. Yeah. But how do you as Bravo put a dollar sign on mm-hmm. that aside from like time? Yeah. Right? Like right. Th- there's no, there's like no handbook that you can go into and be like, okay, you got into three fights. And so that gives you a bonus. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't think that that will ever exist where there right. is like guidelines around compensation for this kind of stuff. So it's like, you're, to your point, you're choosing, you're choosing to do it. But I think one of the things with the housewives is different from people that are going on, um, you know, for example, like love is blind for the first time. And yeah. So I was she, just going to say that housewives have been doing this for years. Like she's been right, on right. it for years. Yeah. And when you that's, go on I agree. there, that's the difference, right? If it's like an on, if it's like summer house housewives, all these shows where it's for the most part, a repeated cast, right? They almost are filling a role. It is almost a bit of acting. On yeah. Like it's not fabricated, seasons. but you know, right. what makes good TV, you right, know, right. that like being vulnerable and yeah. telling your story is what's going to get better reading so that you can continue to come back next year. Like everyone talks about, Oh, look, right. they're trying to secure oh, their exactly. spot next year. Look at them at the reading. Right. Stir shit up. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. your choice. Right. And I do feel like that's even a little bit more like I can understand more of a compensation piece for those types of things. Like think about some of the housewives that have been on it for like 10 seasons. Like that is almost their career in itself. It is. Whereas that's, right. That's totally different though than like being on one season of like The Bachelor or being on like A Love is Blind or um, Love Island. You know, these things mm-hmm. where it's like you're only going to be on one season. You're not fulfilling a long-term role and that's the expectation going into it. So it is the fight on this whole thing is, yeah, it's definitely very intricate. Yeah. Interesting. So wait, let's go back to Carla and Lindsay. Yeah. The original point oh, yeah. of hands. <laughs> what do you going think? up in a tangent? No, never. never. <laughs> um, I, I think Carl was, I don't think they should have been on the show last season. I think Carl is in a very, very fragile state. He's very open about his mental health. I could not ever imagine dealing with a suicide in the family. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is an alcoholic and has been really working on his sobriety for a year. And it, it had only been a year at that point. So I think to come into a show that was not supportive, his cast members were not, I don't think as supportive they should have been. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big Carl fan. I think that was just playing with fire. You add an engagement on top of that. I think they were a really good match. So I'm very sad about it. But I think what happened on last season, that was, I think, the beginning of the downfall of their relationship. The way Danielle handled everything, mm-hmm. the way the cast handle, handled everything. Like you have everyone against them. Rooting and to they, fail. Right. And here's just two people that, from my perspective, I'm like, they finally, like, they've been friends for, like, five plus years, ten plus years, whatever it is. They're finally making this commitment to each other. They seemed so happy, but they never had a chance because, again, you have so much hate on social media. Yeah. Like, you know, on the show, there was so much outside influence that you don't even have an opportunity to kind of, like, fight for your own relationship to see if it's going to succeed. So... I also think, but I, I think it's fucked up that he did it on camera. That's all. Yeah. Like, I don't know too much about it, but I'm like, you don't, that's, he must've gotten paid off. Like that must've been a producer, like payoff. Kind of situation. Why else would you do that on camera? Yeah. 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 Right? That like, that's is very shitty. People on Reddit were like, this is how Carl has always been. You guys just like chose Ugh. not to see it. But no, I feel the same. I mean, I'm a okay. I'm like, Maybe a- I'm naive. <laughs> No, like I'm a sucker for like a, a second chances kind yep. of thing. Like it didn't work out the first time around and they come back together and 
you know, obviously they both had to go through a lot individually to get to a place where they were ready and emotionally available for each other. Like Carl definitely was not like the version of himself when him and Lindsay first hooked up versus now. Totally. So different. His life circumstances have changed. Lindsay had another relationship in between. Like there was so much growth that happened individually. And so I had high hopes for them. I didn't think that it was fast that they got engaged by any means. I was like, again, they're they're older, they're best friends, they know each other. But to your point, like everyone around them, both in the house and on social media, were just so quick to say, oh, they're doing this for TV. Oh, this can't be true. When Lindsay was sober in companionship of Carl, everyone was like, why would she sell that part? Like, why would mm-hmm. she give up that for Carl? She should never have to do it. And then when she started drinking again, then everyone's like, see, she is like bringing down Carl. It's like, you are always going to find things to disagree and to say poorly about this relationship. Like yeah. just admit that you just don't want them to succeed. You just don't like right. them. Right. Um, But I, so to be fair, I didn't watch this past season just because I- mm. I know I needed to go back, but like I have your homework that out for you. Want to deal with? I think we talked about this in one of the earlier episodes. The stress on um Winter House alone, the tension and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I have felt anxious all the time watching. That's coming out soon. It has to be. Oh, oh, do they film it? Oh, they must have. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So I didn't want to then, like, I love Summer House. It's always been, I've been watching it since, like, the very beginning. I love the, like, fun, you know, whatever, like, friend group vibe. And I was like, I don't want to watch another season of them anti-Carl and Lindsay, of them fighting all the time, of Danielle being just jealous in whatever the situation may yep. be. I know that there are different camps of thoughts on that, but... um, I just was like, I, like, can't put myself through it. But I'm sure there were some things that I missed. Like, I don't know, people think that... Lindsay is crazy and that she is like really drove him to do this some people are like Carl's a terrible person there are rumors floating around that he impregnated somebody yeah but this is where but this is my thing social media it's so toxic and like the rumors like I just don't know how you keep your head on straight and like I think that's that's where I even get like wary with I mean obviously my business friends on social media but it's just the level of like fame these people have is terrifying to me because I think it could really deconstruct your relationship and just yeah completely break things down and like people are allowed like with Dumois Dumois or whatever and like there are tons of other sites like it that are like blinds like gossip sites where people are able to send in without any credibility check rumors gossips things that they've heard oh yes, heard yes. incredible source that like x y and z you could have just fucking like you could have made that like there was one um i'm a big Marin morris fan um she's a mm. country music star but yep, love she, her. a blind came out recently that basically alluded to her husband cheating on her while she's out on tour and like bringing girls home while the kid is in the house they have a kid together everyone's like don't you think that she like she has all these nanny cams like these security cams like do you first of all he's with her on tour all the time also do you really think that he would do that and she wouldn't know about it but at the time she had spoken out against Brittany Aldean who's like a super trumper and um probably why I don't know her oh yeah well (laughs) probably why I don't know she's married to Jason Aldean 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what I thought for a second. I was like, Aldine, okay. But yeah, I, that that makes sense why you wouldn't otherwise know the yeah. life. But so it came out very shortly after Marin like spoke out publicly against her, and everyone's like, I find this so hard to believe, and I bet this is one of Britney's like supporters that is sending in this blind trying to ruin mm. Marin's life, and people are genuinely insane that they would actually do that. Like for us, that's hard to believe that anybody would think to do that, bother doing that. Like, some people are... Are people busy? I'm just like, how does anyone have time to be this, like, cruel and, like... I literally... I barely (laughs) have time for all of my friends. You have time to be spewing hate on the internet? We're just trying to record a podcast and find time for that. Let alone harass people. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. That's, like, the diehard, you know, like, the Mm diehard supporters that are, like, just insane and those definitely exist and then you have the people like I was saying that you just can never do right by and I see this a lot with like TikTok influencers people that have gotten big like there's this girl Remy Bader who got big because of her like body positivity and being like a curvier person I think there's like a lot of conversation around if she's actually body positive and I don't really think that's for anyone to like decide on on, a relationship with her body but there was like talk about her not really looking like what her TikToks are like. So then she clearly saw that feedback and has started talk being like, here is my whole body. I'm giving you a 360 and this is vulnerable for me. And yeah, I don't love the way that I look. And then obviously there are people that are like, look at her now doing this. And like, she's so insecure. And and it's just like, you can't, you literally. You can't win not win people are always going to find flaws with you and that's why I think if you are in that industry you have to just be confident with only appealing to your niche and like your fans and not mm-hmm. necessarily trying to appeal to everybody because you just won't be able to but that's hard when you you know you want to continue growing you want to continue growing your following you want to continue to have opportunities it's like hey in order to do that do I have to compromise on who I'm targeting and and who I want in my like circle of community that I'm creating through this or do I want everyone to like me I don't know what you can't you can't have ever you can't please everyone not everyone's gonna like you um as a spoken people pleaser like that's totally hard to understand and realize but I I think like it's you almost have to have a shut up point too. Like mm-hmm. I think with whether you are using social media just as a, like a participant as a user, just to like kind of scroll through, or if you're running a business off of it, or if you're an influencer, whatever it is, like, I think there needs to be a shut up point because it really does fuck with your brain regardless. Even if you're taking in the best of the best content, like there's a reason why, like looking at that stuff right before bed, like it just makes mm-hmm. it wires you right. Like I'm really trying to, turn off my like just not open my phone after like 8 p.m or like 8 30 the latest because I'll be wired and then I just can't like my brain doesn't turn off at night and I already struggle with turning off my brain at night yeah. like, my brain is constantly going but it's like it's easy to then go down that like rabbit hole of just total negativity and like self-destruction just based on what you're seeing without even really like realizing it in the moment oh, so yeah. god forbid you're also like an influencer with like 50,000 people coming at you. I can't Mm -hmm. even imagine the type of stress, but also like management you must have, like time management and um, like mental health management you must have to 
take into account in order to just keep that running and protect your own energy. Yeah. I mean, there are days like I, I texted my friend, I think, I don't know if it was earlier this week or last week. And I was like, I am trying not to be on social media today because just something about being mm. on Instagram was making me anxious and I couldn't really like understand yeah. why. Yeah. The anxiety. And sometimes you just like can't understand why. Um, but I was listening to Caitlin Bristow's um, a podcast episode that she just did right after it came out that her and Jason were separating. And for those who mm. don't know, Caitlin Bristow is from Bachelor. <laughs> we, we talk like the, all of our best friends our we're besties. talking about today. <laughs> but so she was <laughs> talking to a therapist that is, or mental health specialist, you know, something of the sort. Yeah. Yep. Specific around social media. And obviously, as we're just saying, this is so like such a new field, all things considered. Um, It's still also new. And she was talking about how, you know, before social media, you were in a sense removed from like little T trauma, I think was how she described it. Like you could watch it on the news, but you could choose not to. You could talk to people about it. You could choose not to. Whereas like with social media, every single day you are at risk of like, someone's opinions the the, you know yeah like getting harassed by people or seeing things that um affect you that trigger you that you don't know it or whatever but you don't see it in the moment because it's just you scrolling on your phone but that just builds and builds and builds and builds and I mean she thinks that we should not have a cell phone um which I personally could not imagine yeah but it's like get me back to the um keypad the days. flip phone days the, yeah and it's the, sad because I do love like I, I do love social media I love that like I can like I have my close friends where I share and it's mm-hmm. just like my unfiltered thoughts and I'm like hello I woke up today feeling legit insane and you guys get to hear it. and like that's fine <laughs> you know when people will be like no I'm feeling the same way like I posted today I don't know if you saw it my friend Megan texted me and was like oh this is my astrology friend who we also need to have on. And she texted yeah. me and she was like, oh, the moon is in cancer today. God help us all. And I was like, let me post this to my uh, close friends. And I had multiple people responding being like, oh, is that what's going on? And who knows? It might not actually be, but there's like that, anyone like, knows what that even many. means. Like, oh, the moon's in cancer. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But there's <laughs> that sense, like, you know, there's that sense of community or you yeah. get to stay connected to people that you don't see all the time. It's awesome. Like there are people on my close or that you would that never connect with. Yeah. That I haven't seen in years, but like we feel connected just through the so- yeah. through social media, which is awesome. But there obviously is that side of it that is not great or we talked about comparison and how caught you know trying not to compare ourselves to people on social media in the various different ways my friend Megan and I were talking about this last night at dinner where I was like even though I know consciously that I shouldn't be looking at other people's lives through the context of their social media and making assumptions that things are great, that everything is happy or, you know, that I'm the only one that has struggles. It's still hard to take yourself out in the moment and be like, okay, this is just a highlight. Yeah, absolutely. It's a highlight reel. And I had this as in my last round of BBM, like it was one of the first or second weeks you're talking about social media because you know, obviously with fitness and diet culture and you just this, the comparison trap on the whole, just regardless of those two other topics, it can really create a spike in anxiety without even necessarily noticing it in the moment. So I kind of worked it in as an activity of, you know, saying, I want you guys to scroll through your social media 
and take a pause at every photo video reel that you see that just gives you like an icky feeling or that Mm. brings up some anxiety and either mute that person or unfollow them or just make that conscious decision to make that just that connection even of like, ooh, this account might not be great for my mental health right now because that can shift and that can change. But when you see that and repeat and you're just like swiping through at such a rapid rate, you're taking in information and you're not necessarily processing in the moment like, hey, this is making me feel negatively. But if you take that pause to actually consider how that image, how that account, that message is actually making you feel, when there's an abundance of that, that you're swiping through like hundreds of, I mean, think about TikTok, such a rapid rate. It's addictive for a reason, right? So if you can start to kind of filter out some of those things or some of those people or places or whatever it is, accounts that aren't really serving your best interest, like it can make it, I think that's a good first step to make with like your own social media account is who is in your network. And so many people follow people that they don't even know. They're not even friends with, right? They're just like influencers that are actually making you feel more shitty about yourself or you're not in a good headspace. And there's a reason why when you close a social media app, especially I think at the end of the day, you're like, why do I feel anxious and, mm-hmm. you know, just stressful, anxiety ridden, whatever. There's a reason behind it. And like, we don't even realize it with some of the people we follow initially. Yeah. I think that's actually, that's such a good exercise or even I'm thinking like, even if you like don't, a cleanse, a spring yeah. cleaning to your social media, but and it doesn't have to be forever. Right. Right. And he, but even if you don't go through and necessarily unfollow those people, but at least take a moment to sit with why that is making you anxious. I right. think that's another thing too, that like, at least that's something that I'm trying to be a lot better about is like, why do I feel this way? And sometimes I do it to the to an extreme end where like my emotions like I'm like if I don't have a good reason I just feel anxious then I'm like why am I feeling this way and like try not to but I think there are times where we have reactions to certain things but don't take the pause necessarily to think about okay yeah why is me seeing this random person on my discover page making me feel um making me feel anxious or you know making me question what it is that I did or was doing or you know whatever the case may be so even from that perspective like slowing down and right like a self-reflection on like why am I comparing or why am I feeling negatively or badly about myself in just seeing this maybe even a positive post or something like am I comparing this person's body to mine am I comparing their Mm -hmm. home to mine their lifestyle like what like you take in information in so many different ways that we don't even realize. So I think, like you said, that's the most important piece is just to sometimes take that pause and realize like, how am I taking in this information and is it to my benefit or not? And then make a decision from there, use that information and kind of adjust accordingly. But it's, it does take that pause to just kind of reflect and then think about, okay, well now how am I really going to proceed forward with this? If I'm going to change anything or not, or just be on it less. Like Ethan deleted his, I mean, I think his, his Instagram is still active, but he hasn't been on Instagram for, I think like six months now. And he's like, it was the best thing I ever did mm-hmm. for my mental health. He's on Twitter a lot now, but never, but never. But Twitter, like straight up. Twitter. Yeah, he's like, I, yeah, Twitter. Twitter slash Twitter. <laughs> I sound like an old person that's like, you kids on the Twitter. <laughs> you like, don't actually know the name of it. No, Twitter's like a whole different ballgame. But yeah, no, it definitely, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people that will delete it and that are like I feel so much better without Mm -hmm. it 
Um, I think one of the things that's interesting too, like we were talking about, um, you know, not, I, I don't think that people are responsible on the internet for being vulnerable just for the ve- benefit of other people. Meaning, I don't think that it's someone else's responsibility to show the ugly parts of their lives mm-hmm. just so that I remember that they have that by any means. But for people that have a big following and even just in general, I think there is a responsibility or there should be at least a conscious thought of, am I posting something that's genuine? Am I posting something that's like only meant to make my life look like a certain way? So an example, mm-hmm. um, when I... So I like post every time that I go to the gym pretty much. And it started out as like a, just a self-accountability thing during like basically during COVID when we were all at home working out and I've just continued to do it. And people have said a response like, oh my God, you're so like, you're so dedicated and you just like, look at you go, you make it, you, it looks so easy to you. And I'm, I like, will say to them, it's like, it's not like I actively have to work to get there, to make a routine. I don't want you to feel as if I have some, you know, gift where it's just easy (laughs) for me to go. And so there have been times where I've posted and, you know, I say things like it was really fucking hard for me to get to the gym today, but I did. And like, maybe people would look at that and are like, Gabby, why would anybody care? And maybe most people think that way. But I know that there are people that are going to see that and be like, yeah, okay. You know what? This girl, mm-hmm. like, I see has a routine and works out a ton. Like, it's not as easy for her. Or we talked about, like, posting stuff um, where we don't necessarily feel our best. Like, I try right. and make a conscious effort. If I'm not having a great body image, say, I won't post. Like, I'll, like, I'll sometimes post pictures of my outfits or stuff like that. If I'm not having a day where I feel great, I'm not going to post a picture of myself and it like when I'm in a place where I'm like, I don't love what I'm seeing, but people that see that would know that, you know, and it, it, like, it's, it's so stupid or like small, but in my mind, like I make that conscious decision. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who's out there consuming my stuff and being like, look at her. Like she feels confident all the time and she loves her shit. And then I'm like really posting pictures half the time when I don't feel good. Yeah. I think the other thing too, is we're so um, like primed for validation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just talking about social media, right? Like it's easy to think about, okay, I'm, I post every time I'm at the gym, you're at the gym all the time. So I'm sure sometimes you maybe get a lot of responses on your feed. And I'm sure there's times that you post that you get no responses. Mm -hmm. And even with those, like, you know, it's amazing what's like triggered on our brain, just seeing a notification, right? Just because you're posting something and you're not getting that notification or someone isn't responding doesn't mean that you're not still making an impact. I think that's another really important thing. If someone could see that and they're like, that was kind of the reminder I needed subconsciously to get my butt to the gym Mm -hmm. today. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't like it. Maybe they don't respond or anything, but I think it's easy to be that one posting like, Oh, does anyone actually care? Like, is this actually making a difference? And then when you do get that validation, like it's amazing, but it's also important to remember that like people are taking in your content all the time Mm -hmm. whether you have two followers or two million followers it's not always about the response rate and you can make that you can make that impact regardless of like who's actually giving you that feedback so I think it's also on the flip side like I don't know if you've ever felt this way but it's like someone isn't responding and they're like was that stupid that I posted this like does anyone actually care you almost go down right 
right? That almost rabbit hole of like, what the fuck am I even saying? Like, is this worth posting? And when I was doing like launching for BBM, I was, I was talking every day. I was trying to share a different BBM client success story. And there was probably like the first two weeks, like I was just kind of talking because I was like, this is reminding me of how many amazing clients I've gotten to work with. Right. And I want to like, you know, anonymously show them off and talk about their stories because it matters to me. And I think it was like the second week of it. And I was like, I don't know if people, if this is relating to people or if anyone cares. And then I had a client, um, I like was talking about her and she sent me a message after and she's like, I love that you're sharing this because I love learning about like other people's experiences because it's similar to mine, but it's also very unique to their mm-hmm. own story. And she's like, thank you for sharing this. And she was the only one that said something. And I'm like, that's all it takes really is like one person to validate you. And it doesn't have to be all the time. It doesn't have to be frequently or many people, but just kind of knowing, okay, maybe one person felt something from this, or maybe one person heard me and it was like what they needed. And it doesn't really matter. And I think social media trains us to think it needs to be the masses. It needs to be a million people responding, a million people. We're so, we're so driven by numbers. Yes. We're so driven by numbers in everything. Yep. Yep. And it's like, take a step back. It's humbling to be like, it's okay if this made a difference in one person's life in just the smallest way versus it, you know, being a huge impact on 50 in like just the, you know, less important way. So, well, and it's funny, like sometimes, you know, I'll post and people will respond and I'm like, I wasn't, I hope people don't think that I posted this in need of validation so it's not it's like you literally just right there's that have to be so strong against it because it's so easy to think one way or the other all the time okay no one's responding or like for me when I post like an Instagram post let's say it doesn't do as well likes wise my Mm -hmm. first thought is like to criticize the way that I look at it and assume that that's why it's not getting as many likes which is insane like that's insane no one's like not liking my stuff being like oh you look fat today no like no <laughs> no one's doing that I mean if they are good for you I guess if but they are, are things, fuck off there are things like the algorithms or people forget to like what, oh, I mean, yeah. what whatever I mean, I don't need to actually make excuses for it but like that is where my thought goes to originally and I'm like why does it why does it matter like the whole why does and it I, matter it's so hard to detach I'm not saying that I sit here being like oh I'm looking again I, I don't post for the validation but it's hard to then not feel that way when you don't get it. Right. Maybe is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, I'm just putting this out there because it's it's self-accountability for myself, right? Right. Or something like that. Like I feel, you know, Emily McTiernan always posts like a sweaty workout selfie. And I feel like she she does that for her more mm-hmm. than anything. And she gets so much love. And I love seeing that side of her because she is vulnerable. She is out there. And she's like proud of who she is and whether it's a good or a bad day, she's relatable and she's honest. But I think just from talking to her, knowing her, having her being like, you know, client and a friend, Mm -hmm. I know she's doing that for her more than anything. And I think that's how you have to think about social media. I'm putting this out there for me first, because I care to share it and whether it relates to everyone or no one, like stand true to that, Mm -hmm. that you put it out there. Um, I do that. I have to do that all the time because I spell shit wrong all the time. And I'm like, do I delete this because I spelled 500 things wrong? My grammar is awful. I'm like, whatever. That's what whatever. I am. Yeah. This is me. This is real. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. Yeah. This is me. So it's like, you just put it out there and it is what it is. But I think like, don't ever post stuff to like seeking that validation. Yeah, totally. Right. I think that's yeah. where people go down that negative 
route or that really getting that bad headspace, if you're putting something out solely for validation, Mm -hmm. then you're always going to be more and more critical of yourself and be in more of a negative headspace with social media on the whole. Yeah. Like if I don't feel good in this, if I post it and I, in the likes do well, then it's like, Oh, maybe I wasn't so bad. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah. Social media is so wild. Even like, sometimes I'll think about the people that do follow me that don't actually know me in real life. Um, yeah. There are a lot of people that follow me and, or, you know, that I've met at some point in time, but that just, we don't see each other ever, but that they follow me and see all of my stuff. And I think about like what they must think about me through that lens. That lens, yeah. And thinking about like, I, I'm definitely like, I'm authentic in how I show up. Right. I was like, you're very much yourself. Yeah. But I think there is so much more, like I'm a silly, goofy girl on Instagram, but there is obviously a lot more to me that I just don't necessarily post on there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I always wonder, I, want, I wonder if people think this is what, this is it. <laughs> Not this is it, like, <laughs> but you know, like the, this is the extent of who right. I am. But again, it's one right. of those things where it's a good reminder of needing to remind myself of that as it comes to other people that I'm looking at and seeing on social media and reminding myself like that in the same way that people don't know my full story, the shit that I go through, whatever the case may be. I don't see that as well. Other people, you don't really, you see snippets, even these Instagram that are doing stories all day long of their personal life realistically that's I remember an influencer said this sometimes like dude honestly that's so true it's max two minutes of their day that you see on stories and that is what you know about them and what they choose to put on there you don't know people right and it's a choice what you're putting it's a choice what you're putting on there like and that can go for whether you're sharing as much as you know if you're trying to share the majority of your life right like I think we're both in that same boat of we're selective with what we choose right like I don't Mm -hmm. think I've ever shared like me having a breakdown or crying on social media like I just don't feel comfortable with doing that I think that's almost like I don't want that kind of attention we all have breakdowns though right but it's like Mm -hmm. unless I'm just like I'm crying out of being so proud of a client right and getting tear-eyed for that but I'm never gonna be like I'm having a meltdown because and I'm like actually having some like real life you know personal shit that I want because that's that's a boundary for me Mm -hmm. like because I don't feel like if I'm going to, if I need someone to make me feel better, I'm going to come to my friends. I'm going to go to my husband, like for that type of validation versus seeking it from, like you said, there's so many people that follow you that you don't even know. Right. Yeah. Same. Oh yeah. They like, that feels like that wouldn't feel authentic to me to put out there. Like when I'm having like, especially I think about this all the time. Like I never want my clients to know if I'm having like a really tough like a tough week with clients or something like that. Right. Like I think there's certain things where it's like, you have to be mindful of like what you're putting out there and the type of responses that you could get. Yeah. You want to be authentic, but you also want to be like, how could this be like maybe impacting someone else in a way that I don't think would be good to put out there. And those are also things like I try to think about is like, we're all human. We're all trying to do our best. And like, you just, you have to be as authentic to you as the individual with the Mm -hmm. things that you put out there regardless of how many followers you have. Agreed. Agreed. That was not the topic that we planned on doing. <laughs> so next week, dating horror aware. stories. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, we came in, came in social media. Yeah. We came in with every intention Sorry of our lives. share some gems from the social media dating app world. Jen was going to share some horror stories of her past. But um, we went from Bravo to social media to social media in our own lives. And you know what? I think it was a great ride. 
I think it was a great ride. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great ride. It was it was a roller coaster as always. <laughs> yeah, always. What are you up to this weekend? Um, I'm like ready for a bubble bath. <laughs> you go, <girl. laughs> I'm With so a glass tired. of wine, maybe. It's, yeah, yeah, for real, for real. I'm so tired, and I'm like, my body is tired. It's been such. It's been a great week, but it's been a fucking busy, busy yeah, week. Yeah, we were just I'm saying like, that before we started the episode. Yeah, like, we've both been like, go, 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 go. I know. Wait, so am I not seeing you tomorrow? No, I right, have you're in a, a wedding. wedding on Long Island. Oh right, right. So I have to get my car onto yeah. a ferry tomorrow. That's gonna be. Oh, strange. And it's a long it's ferry too. Yeah. It's not like, um, it's not like to Nantucket or yeah. Um, well, Nantucket's a far, it, that's a long ferry. Like it takes like an hour and a half, depending on which there's okay. a fast one and a slow one, but like Friday. Actually, Island, I don't think I've ever been to Nantucket, so I shouldn't be saying. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I love Nantucket. Um, yeah. So we'll fry Island where I was a couple weekends yeah. ago. My friend Gabby's family has a house that ferry is like a two by four. Um, and that is like maybe less than 10 minutes because it's like, oh, okay, whereas okay. like I am crossing a channel. I'm going from Connecticut over to Long Island on a ferry. Um, okay. So that's going to, that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I'm excited. It's black tie optional. My dress is phenomenal. Um, Ooh, I can't wait to see. Everyone stay tuned. I'm excited. <laughs> we'll be seeing I, on social. <laughs> oh yeah. I bought it. I like was really good this year about if I saw a dress for a wedding yep. that I liked buying it and I was just going to slate it later for what wedding I wanted to wear it to because last year I ran into issues where I didn't have dresses like the month before my friend's black tie optional, for example. And I was so stressed. I was doing rent the runway. I was doing Lulu's. I was going to Nordstrom's. I was like, I probably bought a total of 20 dresses over the course of like a month and a half to, for that wedding. So anyway, so this year, Early and often, anytime I saw a dress I liked, I was like, I'll buy this. You'll need this at some point. I've had since I think probably March. And I'm like, she finally gets to come up the hanger. She's coming out. She's coming out. Coming out. I love (laughs) it. So that'll be fun. But no, I will not be at spin tomorrow, unfortunately. Well, yeah. But I think next week, I think next week I'm back to, uh, oh, no, for sure I will with the wedding. I tell myself everyone I go to, I'm like, I'm going to take it easy this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I just simply don't because there's something about the energy at a wedding that I'm like, let's go. Absolutely let's go. Me and that dance floor, besties. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> My All time right. to shine. Yes, yeah. On that note. Woo girls out. Woo girls out. Have a good weekend, everybody. Woo. Woo-hoo.